to be here and to have all of you here, uh, you who have come to practice meditation. It's very precious that all of us can be here at this time in order to spend some time together, in order to practice meditation, because the Buddha's teaching, they have to be practiced in order to realize the highest goal. All that the Buddha taught was merely some advice or instructions for people to put into practice in their lives so that they themselves can experience what the Buddha experienced, meaning becoming free from all kinds of suffering, misery or unsatisfactoriness or in other words, to experience, to experience the highest peace of Nibbana, or lasting peace and happiness. Even if we would learn and study all of the Buddha's teachings, if we would memorize them, if we would really be able to recite them, to explain them to others, But that wouldn't be enough to get the fruit of the Buddha's teaching. A mere intellectual understanding of the Buddha's teaching is not enough. It has to be experienced by oneself. It has to become a personal realization. And this kind of personal realization cannot be attained merely through studying it or analyze the Buddha's teaching. Once I was on a a conference for Buddhist nuns and women and there there was a nun from Bhutan and she said that even if a person would get a PhD in Buddhist psychology um, that would be like Uh, a donkey carrying the Buddhist scriptures on its back. So, the Buddha's teachings are meant to be practiced, are meant to take to our hearts, and so they must touch our hearts, and they must bring about a transformation in ourselves. When we practice according to what the Buddha taught, then we should become somewhat nicer, kinder, more compassionate. That means that we become less egoistic, that we become less self-centered. 
and on top of that we also should, should become wiser our understanding uh, should grow our wisdom should be developed and this kind of understanding or wisdom sees what are the causes of happiness and what are the causes of suffering so with our growing understanding we will be able to discern what are the causes of happiness and therefore we can cultivate these causes we can develop them, strengthen them or uh, once they have been developed and cultivated we should maintain them and on the other side we learn to realize and understand what the causes of unhappiness or misery unsatisfactoriness are and so therefore we should try to abandon the causes of our suffering and misery or we should also watch out to avoid that which could bring suffering or unhappiness so in this way by practicing the Buddha's teaching we should be able to cultivate that which is wholesome, beneficial, good for ourselves and others and we should avoid or give up that which is unwholesome, not beneficial or harmful to ourselves and others and so as we are here in order to practice meditation together for a couple of weeks tonight I will give you some practical instructions of how to practice of how to put it into practice there may be people who have already been practicing meditation who are familiar with this practice and so for those uh, hearing these instructions again it's like a reminder just to fresh up of what the practice is all about of how to put it in actual practice and for those who are new to the practice or at least new to this kind of vipassana practice then after hearing the instructions you will be able to put it into practice and do it accordingly but before I will go into the actual instructions there are a few things that we should uh, know and be careful about during a retreat and first of all we should keep noble silence that means not talking or not communicating in any way with other people on the retreat first of all if we are talking it destroys our own concentration and mindfulness and secondly if you are talking to another meditator you are going to destroy this other meditator's concentration and mindfulness so as much as possible please keep noble silence 
do not talk to each other. If there are certain things that you need or need to get, please talk to the manager or come to me, come and see me. But for whatever problem you have with meditation, if you cannot wait until your next interview, you can come and see me. That's possible. And something else that greatly supports our meditation practice is to keep the precepts, sila, to have moral conduct, pure and faultless. And so during this retreat, we will keep the eight precepts. For the mind to calm down and to settle, it's important that our moral conduct is to a great degree pure. Because if we keep on doing unwholesome actions of body and mind, that will disturb our mind. We will have regrets, we have nagging thoughts, or we blame ourselves. And so, then with these kinds of thoughts, our mind never can really settle down and become calm and clear. And in order to see clearly, to see things how they really are, we need a mind that is uh, greatly uh, clear, that is concentrated to a certain degree. And so, keeping these precepts helps and supports our practice. It makes the mind more easily settled and clear. It's easier for the mind to concentrate, to become focused and one-pointed. We we are going to take these precepts every morning in the sitting before breakfast. So we'll do that uh, tomorrow morning. And tomorrow morning before we are going to take the precepts and taking refuge, I will say a few words about the taking, taking refuge and about the precepts. So, for the coming two weeks, we are going to practice Vipassana meditation and I will teach you the way that Vipassana meditation is practiced in Burma, where I live and where I have been ordained as a nun. And even in Burma, there is not only one way of practicing Vipassana meditation, There are different teachers who have taught um, different methods. And what I'm going to teach you is the method known as taught by Mahasi Sayadaw. Mahasi Sayadaw was first a great scholar, uh, but then he also practiced meditation, Vipassana meditation. 
And then it was through him that the Vipassana meditation was revived in Burma. Before that meditation, Vipassana meditation, was only practiced in monasteries. Mostly the monks, some nuns, were practicing it. But for lay people, there was no way that they could go and practice uh, meditation. But Mahasi Sayadaw wanted to bring the practice of meditation uh, out of the monasteries and uh, make it available for lay people to practice. And so, with the help of supporters, the Mahasi Meditation Center was established in Yangon. And that meditation center was open for all who wanted to come and practice. Nuns and monks could come and practice, but also lay women and lay men could come and practice. And that was about 50 years ago. And now in the meantime, in Burma, all over the country, there are many meditation centers where lay people, ordained people, can go and practice. I've heard a number of the centers in Burma, and they say there are 500 meditation centers in Burma. And people go and practice. And in the meditation center where I live and practice, this center is, uh, was established by Sayadaw Ujjanaka. And Sayadaw Ujjanaka was a disciple of Mahasi Sayadaw. And he speaks good English. And so Sayadaw Ujjanaka has also accompanied Mahasi Sayadaw on tours abroad and has acted as his translator. Now, Saida Ujanaka is in his late 70s, but still he travels around uh, and conducts meditation retreats in Asian countries and in Western countries. So, as I said, we are going to practice Vipassana meditation and in the context of the Buddha's teaching there are two kinds of meditation. One kind is Samatha meditation which is translated either as tranquility meditation, calm meditation or concentration meditation. And the other type is Vipassana meditation mostly translated as insight meditation. Sometimes it's also translated as mindfulness meditation. We can practice Vipassana meditation um, straight away, as we are going to do here. It's also possible to do first the period of Samatha meditation, concentration meditation, and then, after having gained some degree of concentration, um, after that, 
we switch to the practice of vipassana meditation. But as I said, it's also possible to uh, practice vipassana meditation without first practicing a period of time in samatha meditation. It doesn't mean that we do not need any uh, kind of concentration in vipassana, but by practicing vipassana meditation, by trying to establish an unbroken mindfulness throughout the day, by observing mental and physical phenomena, we are developing concentration at the same time. So it goes hand in hand. The principle of Vipassana meditation is to be aware of all mental and physical phenomena in the true nature or to see things as they really are or by mindfully observing our body and mind to penetrate in, into absolute reality and it's by penetrating into absolute reality or by seeing things as they really are that we come to understand the causes of suffering and the causes of happiness and it's through the reali- by the realization of mental and physical phenomena that we can attain the highest goal of the Buddhist practice freedom from greed, hatred and delusion So, being mindful of whatever arises in our body and mind throughout the day, this is the basic advice, this is the principle, but how to put it into practice? Therefore, we divide our day into three parts, and so we have sitting meditation, we have walking meditation and we have that part which we call daily activities. And first of all, I'm going to talk about the sitting meditation. In the sitting meditation, first of all, we make sure that we sit in a more or less comfortable posture that can be cross-legged on the floor or it can be on a little stool or it can be on a chair. What is important is that our backs are straight. We should keep them straight, erect, yet not tense. And our heads should be in line with the spine. And when sitting on a chair, then uh, we should be careful not to lean against the back, but have the back free, straight, balanced. And our hands, they can rest in the lap, one hand resting upon the other, 
with the palms facing up like this or we also can have our hands on our legs on our knees in Burma they say when having your hands on the legs on the knees it's better that the palms face up not having the palms facing down um, because in Burma it's mostly quite hot and if you have your palms facing down that creates quite a lot of heat so having the palms facing up uh, prevents that and after we have find our uh, posture then we close our eyes softly and then at the beginning in order to have something to focus on our mind upon to have something we can be mindful of we begin with the movement of the abdomen that means we bring our mind to the abdomen and try to perceive the movement which is happening there it's caused by our breath as we breathe in our abdomen will move outwards or will rise and when breathing out our abdomen will move backwards or fall so we take this movement in the abdomen so it's not a breathing meditation it's not actually observing the breath but it's observing this movement caused by the breath and so focusing our mind on the abdomen having our eyes closed we just try to be aware of this movement happening at the abdomen trying to be aware when it is rising or moving forward and trying to be aware when it is moving backwards or falling and then with the next rising trying to be aware of that with the next falling trying to be aware of that movement in that way following each rising and falling movement with your awareness with your mindfulness and in the beginning of a retreat or for people who have never meditated before mindfulness and concentration is not yet very strong and so the mind will very quickly wander or be distracted by something else and so to help the mind to stay with the rising and falling movement to make the mindfulness stronger we can make use of what is called mental labeling mental noting and this means that whenever our abdomen rises and we are aware of it at the same time then at the same time we make this mental label a soft whisper in our mind saying rising and when the abdomen falls and being aware of that falling movement at the same time we make this mental label falling and so whenever the abdomen rises 
you are aware of it and at the same time label it softly rising and it falls being aware of the movement and at the same time make the soft mental label as falling rising falling rising falling this mental label uh, can help to make the mindfulness stronger and make the mind more stable but it's important that most of your awareness is with the actual sensation of the movement and not with the word that should just be in the back of the mind a very soft uh, mental whisper but it helps really uh, for the mind to stay here with the movement and so the mind is not so easily distracted or wandering off it still will but <laughs> at least um, the mental label um, can help it uh, can help to prevent it uh, from wandering too often and as we try to be mindful of the rising and falling movement of the abdomen making the mental label sooner or later we will realize that the mind all the same has wandered off or is thinking, thinking about this or that planning having memories about the past and so if that's the case and if we become aware that we have been thinking then that thought becomes the object of our meditation that means we leave the observation of rising and falling and we bring our full awareness to that thought it's more being aware of the thought process rather than of the contents of the thought so we shouldn't go and analyze uh, the thought or thinking what it might, uh, might have caused it but just the fact that the mind is thinking about something so we make this thinking mind this thought to the object of our meditation and just try to be aware of that thought and again here to strengthen our mindfulness to strengthen our awareness to be aware of that thought we make use of the mental label and saying softly in our mind thinking, 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 thinking until that thought dissolves or disappears that means we stay with the thinking mind as long as it is there it's not just shortly acknowledging others ah, a thought thinking, thinking and then neglect or ignore the thought and pull the mind back to the abdomen we don't do that but we stay with that thinking mind for as long as it is happening and only when it has disappeared stopped then we go back 
and continue to note the rising and falling movement of the abdomen. And then again, try to be aware of that rising, falling, rising, falling. And whenever we are, we realize that the mind has gone out again, thinking again about something, we stop to observe the rising and falling movement and we bring our awareness to that thought, being aware of the thought and labeling it, thinking, 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 until it has disappeared. And then we can bring back uh, the mind to the abdomen and continue to observe that movement. There might not be only thoughts which will uh, appear in our mind. Also, maybe sounds will come into our awareness. And so whenever there is a loud or distinct sound or noise, then we make that noise, that sound, to our object of meditation. We stop noting rising and falling of the abdomen and we bring the awareness to the sound. Again here, it's not about trying to find out the source of the sound. Is it a bird or what kind of bird? Or is it from a car? Or maybe it's even a truck or an aeroplane or what's that? Motorcycle? <laughs> um, the fact that there is some sound is enough that we try to be aware of our hearing. We are hearing some noise or sound. And so therefore, we try to be mindful of that hearing and labeling it as hearing, 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 hearing. And when the sound has stopped, disappeared, uh, we can continue to observe the rising and falling movement of the abdomen. Apart from thoughts and sounds, we also might experience sensations coming up in our body. Pleasant sensations or unpleasant sensations, pain, aching, numbness, whatever. And if that happens, then we make these sensations, pleasant or unpleasant, to the object of meditation. And so, if there is some pain in the knee, then we bring our mindfulness to that pain in the knee and try to be aware of that painful sensation. And at the same time, we label it as pain, 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 pain. And again here, with these sensations, pleasant, unpleasant, we stay with this sensation as long as it is there. We try to be really mindful of what it feels, how it feels. We try to be aware of it as it is uh, really happening. And only when it dissolves or uh, maybe it changes into something else, when it dissolves, 
then we would go back to, no, to observe the rising and falling movement. If it changes into something else, maybe an unpleasant sensation changes into a pleasant sensation, then we would continue to observe that pleasant sensation. Sometimes it's the other way around. It starts off with a pleasant sensation, maybe some pleasant tingling or like energy running through. And as we are observing it, maybe then it turns into a rather unpleasant sensation, the sensation of pulling or heat. And if that's the case, then we continue to observe it as it is. If it's some pulling, we can label it as pulling, 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 pulling. Or if it's heat, we note it accordingly as heat, heat, heat. So with sensations, especially with unpleasant sensations, we have to be patient. (laughs) Because it's unpleasant, we rather would like to stretch out the leg or get up and uh, do walking meditation. But as much as we can, we should try to be patient with that sensation and try to observe it, to see it as it really is. So, it's better not to change your posture during your sitting meditation, but uh, to stay in the same posture. And if you really, really cannot stand the pain anymore, then it's better to get up and do walking meditation. Because if you start uh, changing posture, once you get some painful sensation, then it will become a bad habit. (laughs) And that's not very helpful uh, for the practice. Other things, objects, that can come up in our meditations are emotions. Feeling happy, feeling joyful, feeling elated, or sometimes feeling sad, feeling depressed or frustrated, or feeling upset and angry, or feelings of hatred, aversion. And if that happens, then we just make them to our object of meditation. So if happiness arises, then we are mindful of the happiness. And at the same time, label it as happy, 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 happy. If there is a feeling of great sadness arising, then we try to be aware of that sadness. Just observing it, being aware of it, and label it as sad, 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 sad. And again here, if it's happiness or sadness, frustration, anger, or ill will, it's not about finding out why we are happy or why we are sad, what is the cause of it. Uh, We should not try to analyze or think about it or reflect about it, but what we should try to do is 
just to be with the bare sensation of happiness or anger or aversion and just observe it as it is without trying to judge it, without trying to manipulate it, but have a strong awareness, mindfulness of what is happening in this present moment. And so this actually applies to whatever object arises. This applies to our whole practice of Vipassana meditation. We shouldn't analyze our experience. We shouldn't reflect about our practice. We shouldn't think or judge our practice. Ah, now it's very good. Oh, no, I don't like this. I'm not going to meditate. That's no good. So it's not up to us to judge our practice or to uh, manipulate it because, ah, that's no good. I better take a pleasant object, then my practice will be good. We should be with whatever is, trying to be in the present moment and have the mindfulness on that object, either in the body or the mind, which is dominant, which is the most distinct one. And just look at it. Just observe it. Just watch it. Just feel it. Just be mindful of it as it is. And if there is no other distinct or dominant object arising in the body or mind, then we have the movement of the abdomen, the rising and falling, which we can always go back to. So this is a uh, start, when we start our sitting practice, if there is nothing else dominant in the body or the mind, then we start with observing rising and falling. But it doesn't mean that this is the most important object and that we should stay or stick with it as much as we can. It's just a good starting point. But then the important thing is to be mindful of whatever arises in this body and mind. So to have a continuous mindfulness throughout the sitting attending to these different objects arising in the body and mind. This is what is important. So, if you have, let's say, a thought and you observe it, thinking, 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 and when the thought has disappeared, you realize there is actually a very itchy sensation in the arm. So, you go straight to the itchy sensation in the arm. There is no need to always go back to rising and falling, but you go to the next dominant object if there is one. So you would note itchy, 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 itchy. And after some time, the itchiness will dissolve, disappear. And maybe after that, there is a loud noise going on. So then, you just go straight to that sound. Hearing, 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 hearing. And as the sound is disappearing, you realize that you're thinking. So then you go on noting, thinking, 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 thinking. And 
maybe after that, then the leg has gone numb and the numbness is quite distinct. So then you observe numb, 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 numb. Observe the different sensation that uh, can be experienced when the leg is numb. And so in this way, even if you wouldn't go back to rising and falling movement uh, in the sitting, but just be observing any other objects, you're perfectly um, fine, your meditation is well. So don't think the more time you spend on rising and falling, the better a meditator you are. The more your mindfulness is continuous from one object to the other, this is what counts and what is important. The second part or aspect when we practice Vipassana meditation is the walking meditation. And for the walking meditation, you choose um, a path which is maybe five, ten meters long, and then in walking meditation, it's walking up and down this path. So walking meditation is not just strolling around the compound and looking here and looking there and enjoying the nice trees and birds and flowers. That's not the purpose of uh, doing walking meditation. So you have been told where you can go and practice walking meditation. So then when you have chosen where you will do your walking meditation, then first of all, stand still at one end of your path and standing still, observe your body standing there. Try to be aware of the upright posture of your body and you could note, label it, that it as standing, 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 standing. And then bring your awareness to your feet, touching the ground, the floor, and observe the touching sensation. No touching, touching, touching. Maybe again standing, 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 touching, touching, touching. And only after that start to walk. And when we do the walking meditation, it's helpful when we have our hands either uh, holding them in front of the body, like this, or could be like that, or holding the hands like this uh, on the back. It's not very conducive to uh, gain concentration if you have your arms hanging down on the side of your body and maybe even swinging. So it's more conducive to have the hands uh, holding together. And also, in order to really focus on the movements of the foot, it's helpful that we lower our eyes and that we look at the place about two meters in front of us. Look, gaze on the ground. So we should not have the head looking into the distance or even to the sides but the eyes 
looking down on the floor. But to do that, you don't need to bend your head. Have it like that. If you bend your head down, that will cause strain and pain in the neck, stiffness. So still the head is straight, upright, but your eyes, they are just uh, lowered. And so then after having observed the standing posture and the touching sensations a couple of times, then we bring our awareness to our feet. And so as we make a step with the right foot, for example, then we try to be aware of that movement of the right foot. So as we make a step with the right foot, we are aware of that movement and at the same time to support our mindfulness, to strengthen it, we label it as right and then making the step with the left foot, having our mindfulness on the left foot, we observe this movement and label it left, right, left, right, left. So making one step after the other and trying to really perceive or see or feel the actual movement of the foot. And to be able of to be able to be aware of that movement, it's um, good that we only focus on the foot, only focus on the movement which is happening in the foot. Um, we should not let our mind, our mindfulness, um, go to the upper part of the body, like up to the knee or the thigh or even uh, upper part, but we just keep our mindfulness with the foot and just try to see, observe, watch the movement which is happening there as we make one step after the other. And so we walk until we reach the other end of our walking path and once we reach it, first we stand still and again uh, observe the standing posture, feeling our body being upright, noting standing, standing, be aware of the touching sensation of our feet touching the ground, noting touching, 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 each a couple of times, and only after having done that, we slowly turn around the body so that we face again the direction from where we came, and as we are turning the body, we observe and are mindful of this turning movement of the body. Turning, 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 turning. And when we face the direction from where we came, uh, again we stand still and observe our standing posture and touching sensations a couple of times. And only after that do we start walking, observing right, left, right, left, right, left, until we reach the other end of the path. And there we do the same again, observing standing posture, touching sensations, then 
slowly turning around, being mindful of that turning movement, standing still again, observing upright posture, touching sensations, and then start walking again. And if we do one hour walking meditation, then we, in the beginning, it's good to do about half an hour uh, of observing the steps as right, left, right, left. And after that, if we want, if we feel we can do that, we can uh, slow down a bit more and observe one step in a bit more detail. And so we can divide the movement of the foot into three parts, which means then we observe the movement, first of all, as lifting, as the foot is lifted from the ground, we observe that movement as lifting. And after having lifted the foot, we have to push it forward a bit. And so then we observe that uh, forward movement as forward or can say pushing and after that we need to lower it to the ground we need to drop the foot and so then we observe that movement as dropping so then we have one step divided into three parts which is lifting pushing dropping and then with the other foot Lifting, pushing, dropping. Lifting, pushing, dropping. So, in order that you can uh, observe the step in these three parts, you will see you have to uh, slow down your walking and also you have to make the steps a bit shorter because if you have them too wide, um, when you drop the foot, the foot in the back is already lifted. So make sure that first you drop the foot in the front and only after that you start lifting the foot in the back. And so if you have changed after half an hour, then you do this in this way for another half an hour so that you have one hour of walking meditation. In the beginning it's good to have the practice balance, that means do an hour of walking and do an hour of sitting meditation. As the practice develops, then we can adjust these times according to your uh, individual practice. In the walking meditation, it's also not only observing the movement of the foot, but anything else which arises in our body and mind during the walking. This means if during the walking we realize that the mind has actually gone out, is thinking about something else, then we bring our mind, the mindfulness, to that thought. And then we observe that, thinking, 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 until the mind has disappeared, the thought has disappeared. 
and then we would continue to observe the movement of the foot or if there is a loud noise which attracts our uh, attention then we stop noting the movement of the foot and bring our awareness to the sound noting it hearing, 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 hearing and then it has disappeared then we go back to observe the movement of the foot or else if there is some pain in the body or just unpleasant or pleasant sensations in the body which are distinct then we would bring the mind our awareness to that sensation and observe it as pain, pain or itchy, itchy, itchy or hot, hot, hot whatever it is or also emotions coming up during the walking has to be observed and noted if it's happiness or anger, frustration, elation whatever we note it accordingly sad, 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 happy, happy, happy frustration, frustration, frustration now in the walking meditation if these thoughts, emotions or sounds or pleasant, unpleasant sensations are rather short and disappear within a rather uh, short time then it's okay to continue to walk but if you realize that it's quite stubborn thought or quite a strong uh, sensation in the body then it would be better to stop just where you are and then observe that thought or that pain or that distinct object while you are standing still so that your full attention can be on the thought, on the emotion and note it until it has disappeared and only after that resume your walking so with this you have to find out for yourself should you stop or uh, shouldn't you stop and during this retreat I will give you further instructions for the walking meditation um, how to note more detailed or uh, on what else to pay attention to but for the this is just for the start that gets you going and so after sitting and walking meditation we have another aspect of the practice and this is the daily activities and with daily activities we mean everything that is not formal sitting meditation or walking meditation so that includes getting up, going to the toilet, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, getting dressed, walking from one place to another, sitting down, standing up, having your meals, uh, drinking water, putting on your shoes. So whatever you are doing throughout the day must also be done mindfully. That's also 
part of the meditation. Meditation doesn't stop once you get up from the meditation cushion or it doesn't stop once we have finished our formal walking meditation. But in Vipassana meditation, it's important that we establish mindfulness throughout the day in everything we do because trying to understand our body and mind or trying to understand um, the, the absolute reality it's not confined to only sitting practice or walking practice but mental and physical phenomena are arising all day long 24 hours and so during all our waking hours we have to be aware of these processes in the body and mind. And therefore, it is crucial in Vipassana practice that we develop the right attitude when we are meditating, which means that being mindful of the so-called daily activities is as important as the sitting practice, as important as the walking practice. All three aspects of the practice are equally important and they support each other. And as I said, because we are starting straight away with Vipassana meditation, in order for mindfulness and concentration to deepen, it's crucial that our mindfulness is continuous. If after a sitting meditation we stand up and just walk out normally casually looking around here and there, then all the mindfulness and concentration that we have developed in this sitting is lost. And so then if you go to the walking meditation and then we start again uh, anew. We have to build up mindfulness and concentration again, slowly. And at the end of the walking meditation, we think, yeah, finish now. Okay, go there, here, have a cup of tea or go and take a shower. Then everything is lost again. And when we go and practice sitting meditation the next time, then again, we have to start uh, again to build up and so it will be very difficult to develop a strong enough mindfulness and deep enough concentration. However, if we try to make our practice continuous and uninterrupted through all the three aspects of the practice, then uh, we can build up from moment to moment. And so mindfulness and concentration will become quite deep, strong and powerful and it's with this kind of uh, deep, strong and powerful mindfulness and concentration that the mind is clear enough to penetrate into the true nature of mental and physical phenomena. And so for these daily activities, this is mostly uh, movements, 
that we are observing. We are getting up from bed, we are dressing, we are going to the toilet, we are eating. So we are mostly involved with movements. Our bodies, our arms, our hands are performing uh, all kinds of movements. And so we take these movements as our object of meditation and try to be aware of them as good as we can. And because these kinds of movements are movements that we have done so many times already in our life, daily we are brushing our teeth, daily we dress, undress, uh, if not one time, several times. And so if we are not very diligent uh, meditators who also practice mindfulness at home, we do these movements, these actions quite absent-minded. We brush our teeth and already think about uh, what we need to buy or we have make plans for our next weekend or we indulge in the memory from the past holiday and while getting dressed we think what we have to tell our children and so on. So most of the time these actions are done are done quite automatically with our minds being somewhere else. And so in order to bring our mind to the present, to these actions, to these movements, and to get the mind out of our habitual way of doing it, it's helpful to slow down our movements, our actions. Already the intention or the effort to make this movement somewhat slower, this will immediately bring more presence to our mind. It will be immediately easier to really be in the present and to be with these various kinds of movements. Although it's not easy and we'll fall back many times into our habitual ways of doing it, but just to remember again and again, to remind ourselves to slow down a bit so that we can be more in the present moment, that we can be more and closer with the actual movement. And practically speaking, so whenever you stand up from having practiced sitting meditation, for example, so you could generally just be aware of the movements involved of standing up, trying to do them a bit slower than usual, and label them as standing up, standing up, standing up, standing up, standing up, standing up, until you are standing. Or if you come to sit down, then try to be aware of these movements involved in sitting down and note them, sitting down, sitting down, sitting down, sitting down, sitting down, sitting down. Or other movements, when you reach for something, 
then try to do it a bit slower and observe that reaching movement as reaching, reaching, reaching. Or after having gotten something, when you bend the arm, try to be aware of that bending movement and note it as bending, bending, bending. Or if you have to lift up something, lifting, lifting, lifting. Or putting down, putting down, putting down. Or when you are going to open and close doors, you have to reach for the handle. So note it as reaching, reaching, reaching. Then you are uh, getting hold or grasping the handle. So you can note that, holding, holding, and then Mm. pushing down and then either mm, pulling, pulling, pulling or maybe it's pushing, pushing, pushing to open the door in the eating you have many different movements to do taking the food into your plate Um, once you have sat down at your place taking the fork taking some food Note that also is taking, taking, or grabbing, grabbing, then lifting the fork, lifting, lifting. Then you have to open the mouth, opening, opening, put the food in, putting in, closing the mouth, closing, putting down the arm, the fork, putting down, putting down. And when you chew the food, you observe chewing, 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 the movements of the jaw, moving, chewing the food. Try to be aware of that, chewing, chewing, chewing. And also try to be aware of the swallowing, when you swallow the food. And after that, you take the next uh, load of food. In this way, throughout the day, there's plenty to observe. <laughs> when you comb your hair, when you put on a sweater, maybe, when you put on your shoes to go outside, when you drink some water. So try to make that part of your meditation, make it part of your mindfulness, make it part of being aware of it as it is. In the daily activities, you also will notice that sometimes the mind goes out, wanders, thinks about this or that. Maybe sometimes even emotions come up. You feel happy or sad or frustrated or impatient if the person in front of you in the food line is slower than you want him or her to be. So, if that's the case, you might also observe the thoughts or the emotions that come up. But if you are somewhere with, uh, together with others, then be considerate of other yogis. So do not stand in the middle of a door because you are noting your happiness and behind you you have a queue of meditators <laughs> wanting uh, to pass through the door. So in that case, 
um, you continue to walk and uh, in a place where you're not an obstacle for any other yogi, you could stand still and observe that. So, I think that's enough for tonight. That should be the basic instructions so that you can uh, start and practice. And because it's the first night tonight, and you might have come from some distance or might have been still tired from your busy week, so we'll close for tonight and you may go and take rest. So then that tomorrow morning you will be well rested and get up when the bell is ringing. Those of you who wish to practice tonight or continue to sit or walk, of course, um, you're welcome to do so. So may all of you, by practicing in this way, be able to lessen your defilements and become free from all kinds of suffering and attain to the highest happiness. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.